G'day folks, thanks for tuning in to episode number two. Last episode we discussed what a food safety plan is and I'd like to tear the food safety plan apart and discuss some detail. You may recall last time we discussed what a food safety plan is and, and the essential part of it is to say what we do, do what we say and prove it, hence the records. Now, last time I touched on temperatures, temperatures are a very important part of a food safety plan and a lot of people tend to just fill in the temperature records and feel that they're doing the food safety side of things. Um, there's a lot more to it, of course, than that, but temperature is extremely important. The, the critical temperatures that we're looking at here, any refrigerated food has to be below five degrees. Any food on display, hot food, like pies, uh, takeaway, food and the like that's got to be served or on display above 60 degrees and any frozen food has to be below minus 15 degrees now the reason for that is bacteria love to breed between 5 and 60 degrees research shows that bacteria which is prevalent in any food especially raw food uh, chicken is full of bacteria hence the reason we we don't eat raw chicken it's Bacteria is controlled by temperature, so the reason we're bringing food below 5 degrees is bacteria that pre-exists in food will stay dormant, uh, relatively dormant, below 5 degrees. So what we're doing is effectively controlling the reproduction of bacteria. Above 60 degrees, same thing. A lot, a lot of bacteria die at that temperature. Not all of them, though. Uh, minus 15 degrees at you know, the frozen food that will stop growth of bacteria so it's um, extremely rare that we'll have food in the freezer that bacteria have uh, have have flourished and, and grown uh, as you've probably seen yourself you can leave a chicken in the fridge or um, bread even things like that below five degrees and ever so slowly mold will grow and it will spoil so the reason for that is we're not killing the bacteria under five degrees we're slowing the growth rate to a manageable rate really really important that we're aware of that and that's the reason for why we do these things if we have food that comes up to uh, let's say 28 degrees on a warm day those bacteria are in the perfect conditions and they will flourish so food that's left out at room temperature or in a warm environment is at high risk what we're going to do is we're going to check temperatures uh, through the process and we're going to record them and the extra step that people kind of lose sight of is doing something about it if the temperature's out of the range so I'll touch on that shortly. Really important looking at the process of our food in a, in a hospitality environment we have to we're responsible for it when we sign it over from the supplier in other words when the delivery truck comes to the back door and loads us up with all our yummy things like um, fresh chicken, prawns, uh, fruit and vegetables, cheese, meat, milk, everything, uh, bread, we're responsible for it until it's consumed by the consumer. So the temperature checking process really starts as soon as the delivery driver comes to the back door with, I'm going to use a, um, a box of chicken as an example. and. What I do is I make sure that we use reputable wholesalers, reputable dealers, and we know that they have a food safety plan in place. That's part of the conversation when they come knocking on the door. We send them away and say, right, come back with your food safety certification 
and your price list. That's equally as, as important to me as price, if not a little bit more important. If they're not reputable and they don't have a food safety registration or they're, they're a bit dodgy with it or they can't produce a food safety plan, then I'm going to be a little hesitant to save that extra 50 cents a kilo if it's going to put my customers at risk. One thing I do, I have a uh, infrared thermometer and a little laser thermometer. They're fantastic for the quick check. What we don't want to do is jam a probe into the supplier's bag of chicken. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll use the laser temperature to see what the surface temperature is of that product. Now, what I have had in the past is uh, I live in a very hot environment, as I've said, in summertime it gets up over 40 degrees. There are times where the surface temperature of the food may be 8, 10 degrees. What I do then is I put a probe thermometer in the layers of bags or whatever just to see what the core temperature of that food is and invariably it goes down at 2, 3 degrees, so we're fine. I, I have a little bit of tolerance uh, providing the core temperature is way below the 5 degrees. Keep that in mind. So we don't have to just uh, discard a delivery just because the surface temperature is above, but keeping in mind the those infrared thermometers only test the top layer. So from there we're putting it into a fridge. We need to make sure that the fridge is operating below 5 degrees. <clears throat> um, I have a really good time-saving tip for you shortly, and I'll explain that. But what we're doing is... We need to test our fridges once a day uh, that they're operating. <clears throat> Excuse me, one, one thing I will note, a lot of fridges have external temperature displays uh, and I don't use those. They are right down the bottom typically and they're not calibrated and that I'll touch on calibration as well. We need to make sure that we have a device that we can trust testing the temperature probably mid-level in the fridge if you have an upright fridge. Uh, we don't want to be testing right down the bottom. That's going to be the coldest. And if we have food up the top, it's not going to give us an accurate temperature. So testing the temperature of our equipment is really, really important. That's the, really comes to the heart of a food safety plan. We need to make sure that the food is stored below 5 degrees in a fridge. In a freezer, it's got to be below minus 15 degrees. So that means minus 16, minus 17, minus 18, etc. Uh, some people get a little caught up with the minuses. I've worked with some staff that think that uh, minus 13 is below minus 15 and I've had to explain a little bit of basic maths. Just be aware of that. Minus 15 is the minimum for a freezer. And the other way to check it is if it's solid, if you can tap it against a, uh, a bench and it, it's, it's frozen solid, that's another layman's way. But food safety standards require us to test temperatures. I use a couple of different thermometers in my business, I have some that uh, in the fridge. Uh, we have some uh, blue dot, I think they're called. They're a nice little thermometer because we can. They come with a double-sided tape and a little holder, and they can be put into the fridge, and they're they're able to withstand the the constant cool temperature. And that means we can open up the door, have a look inside it. I also use a probe thermometer. Now probe thermometers are a little bit tricky because you can buy them on eBay for about $4, $5 each or you can go to a food uh, wholesaler or a uh, laboratory shop and buy them for up to about $50, $60. Really it doesn't matter. I find spending around that $20 to $30 on a probe thermometer is, is good value because they tend to last a lot longer and they maintain their accuracy. Now 
we need to calibrate thermometers that we use. So what that entails is making sure that we know that that thermometer is accurate or if it is inaccurate, if it's off by half a degree or a degree, we know and we can compensate from, for that. So what we're gonna do once a year with each temperature uh, probe, every thermometer, we need to test the, the capability of it, it, its accuracy. So really, really simple layman's way of doing that. And I'm gonna post more information on a website about it to help you guys out. The zero, testing it at zero degrees, if we get some ice and we mix it with water and we crush the ice, so we create a slurry, like a thick ice slurry, that should be as close to zero degrees as we can replicate in a, in a kitchen environment without being in a full calibration laboratory. So that's accepted as a layman's way of calibrating zero degrees on a thermometer. I'm gonna pop my probe thermometer into my slurry of ice, make sure it's centered. So we don't want it right on the bottom of the glass or the, the container. That'll be picking up warmth off, off the table, off the bench, whatever it is we have it on. So I'm gonna suspend it right in the middle. So we're getting a really accurate reading and it should be as close to zero. What I'm going to say, I'm just going to pretend for the purpose of this exercise that that's showing 0.5 degrees when we know it should be zero. So what that's giving me is it's reading plus 0.5 of a degree. Alright, so we're going to keep that one in mind. Now to test the upper end of the scale, that's the boiling point which is 100 degrees. Get yourself your kettle from home, boil it to the point where it's steaming and hold the button down so it's still boiling and you've got a big jet of steam coming out. Place your thermometer into that jet of steam. That is as close to 100 degrees as we can replicate in a domestic environment or in a, in a commercial kitchen environment. I'm going to suggest that my thermometer at that point is reading 102. So I'm two degrees over the 100 degrees that we're calibrating it. I'm going to put a little label on this thermometer because I've, I've identified here that it's not 100% accurate. We're not getting the exact fi figure. So when I'm testing my fridge and my freezer, I'm reading 0.5 of a degree warmer than what it actually is. So I'm going to write on it below 5 degrees, or let's say, sorry, below 10 degrees, um, plus, uh, sorry, we're going to take off 0.5 degrees C. So if I put my thermometer into my chicken and that's in the fridge and I get a reading of 4.5 degrees, I'm going to remove, I'm going to take off 0.5 and that's going to give me a temperature reading of 4 degrees. I don't have to throw this thermometer out just because it's reading a little bit differently. All I have to do is compensate in my records. I'll make a note as well on my temperature records using thermometer one, for example. Uh, and um, just at the top, I would just say something like um, below 10 degrees, uh, reading 0.5 of a degree high. So that's going to help us immensely because we don't have to toss out that thermometer and it's allowing us to compensate. And we're going to keep an eye on that because we'll do regular calibration of it. Now when I go to my bain-marie and I'm checking the temperature of uh, my hot food on display, I'm going to say, well that read uh, 68 degrees, which is perfect temperature for what we want. But I'm having a look at the label on my thermometer and it's saying that 
uh, in the warmer temperatures, it's overreading by two degrees. So I'm going to have to take that two degrees off. So my actual temperature that I'm writing on my food safety checks is 66 degrees. I'm going to put a little bit more work for you folks around this because it's a little complicated. I hope I've explained it well. I'll do a YouTube video and some uh, some documents on the website which I've created. So foodsafetytips.com.au is in its infancy and I'm putting some stuff on there. I've realised that the podcast is good. Hopefully you guys are listening to this on the way to work uh, early in the morning or late all the way home late at night. Uh, I will put some stuff on, some resources onto our website over the next few weeks so that you have some stuff to refer to. So that's the calibration side of things. One tip I worked out quite a while ago, I had a restaurant and I had about eight different fridges. Uh, we had two different, two different kitchens, we had a bar and cool room, service fridge, a couple of service fridges and a sushi display fridge. That became quite a challenge with um, with trying to maintain and test the temperatures because by the time the thermometer came down to temperature, it'd take sort of four or five minutes for me to be happy that we're testing the temperature. And the other thing I worked out is we're testing the air temperature in a fridge now in a busy service. Those fridge doors are opened uh, flat out constantly and the air temperature by leaving a, a probe thermometer in there and just testing the air temperature, I wasn't getting really accurate temperatures of the food. And it is the, f- the core temperature of the food that we're concerned about, not the air temperature of the fridge, which is a really important delineation. What I found was I got, I went to Coles and I bought a cheap um, block of water bottles, just the 600ml ones, and I put a big label on, temp test only, do not drink. Now, what I did with that, when I went round and did my temperature checks, Twice a day I did them in the restaurant. Uh, we were serving sushi, it was uh, high risk stuff. So what I would do is run around and instead of putting the probe thermometer into the fridge and walking away and letting it settle down for three or four minutes, as you know in hospitality, that three or four minutes is crucial. Uh, there's lots going on. What I'd do is I'd pop the probe thermometer into the bottle of water that's been sitting in that fridge and it would being water instead of air it'll convect that heat a lot quicker and it'll give me a temperature so I would get a much more accurate temperature of the core of the food and the contents of the fridge and it would be a lot quicker so my recommendation to you is go out buy some cheap bottles of water put a label on it or get a get a, uh, a texter right on it temperature testing only put one in each fridge at a level maybe mid-level in each fridge so you're getting an accurate temperature and when you run around doing your temperature checks, remove the lid, pop your thermometer into the frid- into the water, you'll get a much more accurate temperature and a lot quicker. That should save you a lot of time. Now I'm going to have a quick chat about what we do if something goes wrong. I'm assuming that the temperature checks are all good. I've had many an occasion where I've had fridges break down and it's heartbreaking in a hospitality business. What do we do? I guess. The example I used before, a busy service fridge in a, in, a, in a busy kitchen environment, if you're testing that temperature at 7.30pm on a Friday night, that's if you're testing the air temperature, it's going to probably be more than 5 degrees. The important thing to realise is that our food safety plan doesn't make us throw everything out if the temperature tests 
over five degrees. There's a bit of practicality there. Now, if you test the temperature, uh, say at three o'clock in the afternoon, and you've been using that fridge off and on and doing prep and putting uh, stuff in there that you know is, is cooling down still, and you test the temperature and it's eight degrees, one of two things could be happening. The fridge could be failing, or it could just be op operating normally and it's through use it's just warmed up and it's still trying to chill down the other thing fridges do is they do a defrost setting as well so don't be too scared if it's running at 12 degrees uh, some of my fridges will do that they'll run through a defrost program and they'll warm up a little bit then they'll come straight down in temperature when they kick in again really important to have a corrective action the corrective action i would use in that scenario and i you must write this in your records be honest with the temperature environmental health officers know when people are just making it up because everything's under five degrees all the time that's very impractical they can go through that and go nah something's not right there what i would do close the fridge door wait 15 minutes and retest it and nine times 99 times out of 10 hopefully out of 100 you will find that the temperature will come back down below five degrees really important make notes of this so say tested at 12 degrees corrective action is we close door retest it after 15 minutes and it's 4.2 degrees and that's what they're looking for that's what we're looking for anyone that inspects your records knows that uh, fridges do vary in temperature and can go over that that five degrees that's not a problem providing we're honest and we record it no one's going to clip you for that if you i had a great example here on a friday night at about 7 30 uh, my cool room in a, in a busy Japanese restaurant died. Probably the worst thing that can happen in a Japanese restaurant, especially on a Friday night when I've got probably $5,000 worth of seafood sitting in there prepared for a busy weekend. The fridge died. We tested the temperature at 15 degrees and we knew that we'd tested it at 3 o'clock and it was running at about 2.5 degrees. So at some point during that evening, that temperature has crept up. We did a probe test of, uh, of a product that we had in there. Um, I can't recall exactly what it is. I think it might have been a, a cabbage or something like that. The probe test was 5.2 degrees. So the core temperature was just over the five, five degrees. Now what we did, uh, we took the food that was still within a reasonable temperature. We just deployed that to other fridges. We did have stuff that was on the upper shelves and that was some cooked prep stuff that we'd done and that was running at 12 degrees now the problem i had was i couldn't quantify how long that had been above five degrees for sadly i had to throw it out um, but a lot of the raw stuff that we had the raw fish and chicken that all tested around that five degree mark so we were able to deploy that to other fridges really really bad idea at uh at 7 30 on a friday night but that's what we did now really important part for you guys is we made notes of that in our food safety plan and it was scrawled very rushed notes but it was temperature tested fridge broke down uh prep i think it was chicken uh discarded 12 tested 12 degrees discarded um other items raw fish tested five between 4.5 and 5.6 degrees redeployed to other fridge uh temperature reduced and fridge um man called didn't turn up until Saturday morning but the really important part of what I'd done there is I'd been honest and 
I had taken corrective action. So the corrective action was to test the food in the fridge, in the cool room, discard whatever was not safe or I couldn't guarantee was safe, and then redeploy the other food to other fridges. And <laughs> as is typical, I had the environmental health person from the council come in maybe a week after that. And he was looking at this and reading it, and I thought, oh no, um, oh, I wonder what he's gonna pick on there. And he said, mate, this is fantastic. You have done exactly what's required, and it's rare that we see this honesty in a food safety plan. So the lesson I'm passing on to you folks is that if you're honest and you act in good faith when you're testing temperatures and there is a problem, it's gonna look so much better than if you every single check is below five degrees all the time, which is, which is invariably hard to do in a food business unless you have brand new equipment and uh, you're not that busy. So be honest with the paperwork, consider what other corrective action you need to do to protect your customers. And remember, we did discuss that in the intro. That's what we're here for is to protect our customers. We wanna make sure that the food is the highest quality and as safe as it can be. So just make sure that we uh, say what we do, we do what we say and we prove it and proving it is writing it down. There's quite a bit of discussion on temperature checking and all that sort of thing. I hope that I've covered off enough to give you some tips and tricks and, uh, and allay some fears about temperature testing in a food environment. There's nothing wrong with having a temperature, uh, a fridge test over temperature. It's what you do after that that's, uh, that's under the microscope. Certainly insurance companies will look at this as well if ever there's a recall or there's a, a food safety scare. So accuracy and honesty, the, the more you, you record, the more honest you are with it, the better off you'll be. That's all I have for you today, folks. Thanks for listening in. This is a slightly longer one than what I'd expected, but uh, temperature is a, a very crucial part of a food safety plan. And there's quite a bit to it. I could talk for hours on the subject of temperature testing and, uh, and that sort of thing. And what I'll try and do is I'll get some stuff to you on the website, foodsafetytips.com.au. As I said, it's in its infancy uh, in October 2018. If you're listening to it right now, I'll get that going. And I aim to get a YouTube channel to put some links up just to make things easier. There are a lot of tips and tricks with food safety that make it a lot easier and uh, make you a lot more comfortable with the process. Thanks again for listening in, folks. I'll get another lesson up soon, uh, another podcast. And just I'm not being paid uh, or getting any kickbacks from any other organisation. I'm doing this off my own bat. So when what I will be doing is recommending uh, potentially some brands, some websites, some outside services. I really want to make it 100% clear I'm not getting any commissions. I'm not, I don't have any agreement with any third party to recommend anything. If I'm doing it, it's because I've used that service or product in the past and I'm only doing it to help you, the listener, make things easier on yourselves. If you have any questions, we have an, in, uh, an email address now, info at foodsafetytips.com.au. I'll get you to send me an email or reply to the podcast. I'd love to hear from you guys. If there's anything that is not clear you'd like elaborated on or something that I have not covered, please let me know. I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to be able to customise this information in these podcasts to what you guys need at the coalface in 
an amazingly rewarding industry, but a hard one, hospitality and food service. Thanks for listening in, folks.